As Heat fans held their collective breath, the news is in on the injuries to guards Terry Rozier and Josh Richardson. We break down the latest updates and what that means for the rest of Miami's season. Who steps up? Can Miami still make the playoffs? And is the team cursed by injury? Rowan Nodkarney joins us to answer that and more on today's episode of Locked on Heat. You are Locked on Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked on Heat, your daily podcast on the Miami Heat. I'm Wes Goldberg, editor at allyoucanheat.com. Joining me as always, longtime NBA reporter David Ramil. However you're tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, or your favorite podcast app, thanks so much for making Locked on Heat your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use the code all lowercase locked on NBA. For a first deposit match up to $100. We are joined by Sports Illustrated's Rohan Nadkarni to help us talk about whether the Heat are the NBA's most cursed franchise of the last decade. We're also going to power rank the Eastern Conference here in a bit. But let's start with the latest injury news regarding Terry Rozier and Josh Richardson. Both had MRIs on Monday. It was reported that Richardson is going to miss at least a couple of weeks with a dislocated right shoulder. Rozier, meanwhile, had a minor knee sprain It was revealed, and he's going to be considered week to week. I think based on how these injuries looked in the moment, that this is basically as good of news as the Heat and Rozier could have hoped for. Right, Ron? Without a doubt. I mean, especially with Rozier, some of the reactions looked like, is this going to be a season-ending type of thing? How severe is this going to be? People obviously look incredibly concerned. The fact that he's week to week, huge win. I mean, same for Josh Richardson, frankly, with that separated shoulder. That can go kind of a lot of ways. I think he said after the game, it got popped back in uh, right away, yeah. which is good. He was in a sling. So yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, obviously it's, it's never ideal when you go through injuries, but considering everything that happened there uh, could have been a lot worse for sure. <laughs> we see to have well, lost Wes. The, so. the, the injury talk was too hot for Wes. He just had to. <laughs> Are you, was it uh uh, I think anything? it was a connection thing, so I, I'm back okay. in. Yeah, excellent. excellent. Right. I ended my point, so I don't. All right, David, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, th- I think it's, I think yeah. it's great news. A little vague though. A, a week to week diagnosis. Yeah, definitely like, I, a little vague. Yeah, <laughs> I've never seen that one before. I, I you know, I, I, a couple of weeks for Josh Richardson. Again, they're not quite sure exactly what the next steps are. I'm sure we'll get further updates as the team knows more. But the week-to-week diagnosis on Rozier, that's kind of, again, you know, Miami's offer in the next week or so. Well, they've got two more games leading up to the All-Star break, and then after that they've got about a week's break. So that should be a good timetable from Rozier to begin that recovery process. And I guess at that point they'll start evaluating him to see how close he is to making a return to the court. I'm just, you know, I don't want him rushed back because obviously with Miami dealing with injury issues almost perpetually there's no need to force him back on there as much as Miami's offense is going to struggle but we talked about this in yesterday's show too it just kind of falls on everybody else's shoulders now to kind of pick up the slack offensively a little bit and I should point out also Jimmy Butler excused from the team for personal reasons and he won't be uh, joining Miami on this two-game road trip leading up to the all-star break either so we won't see Jimmy and in, in, in action until after the all-star break and who knows uh, soon Richardson and Rozier will be back as well. Yeah, so no Jimmy, no Terry, no Josh in, in, until the All-Star break. So basically let Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo cook, I guess, is the strategy. 
It'll be really yep. interesting to see what they do with the starting lineup. I don't know that it really matters a whole lot. I, I, I think we know it's going to be Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, Caleb Martin. Did they go with Haywood Highsmith the way that they closed with him before? Mm-hmm. Uh, does Nikola Jovic get some time? Does he work his way back in? I I don't know. We'll see. I, again, I, Eric Spolster could go with three different lineups over these next two games. You know, it's like it doesn't matter. Like they're using so many different starting lineups. Um, in terms of the week to week thing, though, this is I, every injury that he'd have had all year has been considered day to day or week to week. There has been no actual thing. Even getting like a couple of weeks on Josh Richardson is about as specific as we've gotten all year in terms of injury updates. And I, I guess I understand what the Heat are doing. In terms of, hey, we don't want to get anybody's hopes up and we're dealing with so many injuries all the time that everything's just sort of up in the air all the yeah. time. But to just be like to be considered week to week and not even have sort of a okay, it's a minor new sprain. We're thinking maybe we'll three reevaluate weeks. Like, in yeah. next time. Yeah. Nothing well, I mean, strange. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. I, I think I think no, I think they're just gonna keep them on the injury list, kind of what we saw with Tyler and Duncan. Like they're just gonna keep them on the injury list to make sure that they avoid the fines and everything else. And then one day we'll just get the notification. He's no longer on the injury list. I guess he's ready to go. And of course, you know, covering the team in practices and stuff like that. We'll see Rozier perhaps doing a little work. We'll get some kind of vague yeah. uh explanation from Eric Spolster. But not even get like it a we'll reevaluate him in one right. to two weeks. Like that's yeah, usually no. the lingo. At, the the heat are just least, creating their whole new vaguer lingo. At least they didn't do the thing where they list like six obscure body parts and <laughs> like we like threw a lot of medical jargon around it. Like he's got acute displacementitis of this ligament you've never heard of. Like they just called it an East brain. At least they did that. I agree. Like on one hand, it's good that they weren't like torn ACL and he's done. You know, even like Drew Smith, they were like, he sprained his ACL and he's like, and it's like, just say he tore his ACL and he's done for the year. Like what's happening here? Right. right. At, at least they, at, like the good news with Terry is that they weren't like done for the season. The bad news is we don't know if week to week means two weeks or eight weeks. So the Heat got fined for an injury report mishap earlier in the season. And I am wondering if this is a response if- They've never done it They said, yeah, yeah, they're basically like, all right, now we're just literally going to be as vague as possible so that you can't come back to us and be like, well, you said this and this, and now this other thing is happening, so now you're getting fined. They're like, well, how about this? He's kind of hurt, and we don't know when he's going to be back, and that's going to be our initial assessment. Like, I'm just – when do we just start leaving the body parts out? Body hurt, injured body. (laughs) That's just where we're going to go with this stuff. Um, Awesome news that it's only going to be a week-to-week thing with Terry Rozier because I, I literally thought I was like, they just traded a first round pick for this guy and they got eight games out of him and he's going to be out for the season and that's it. And if that happened, I don't think I'm overreacting and saying the season was over. Like that's it. That you, I mean, you they, invested they that no much into guards. one player. I mean, yeah. You have no point guard. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I guess so. I, I I don't know if I would have gone so far. Like, I don't know how far this team could have gone without Rozier, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know how much of a difference he makes either. Like some people, you know, obviously the rim pressure and everything else, the defense was uh, fairly good. I, I think, you know, his loss is going to be an issue, but I, I don't know. I, I, I still, maybe I've just been indoctrinated by this team for too long. Cause my first response is this team has enough. And I don't even know what that well, might even mean if anymore. It's like next man up. It's like, there is not a next man up. There is none. It's Tara's <laughs> your only point guard. And the other one is also injured for the season. Like over these next for week to week to weeks, I it's going to be Tyler hero. It's going to be Jimmy Butler when he comes back and it's going to be a lot of them. But I guess, look, they still have a roster spot. They still have some money that they could use on a buyout guy or a free agent. Rohan, David and I already talked about some of these options on on Sunday night's show, but is there a name out there that 
is even interesting to you in terms of even taking a flyer, adding some depth here? I mean, it was it US who, who uh, tweeted out that Bouye could be someone they've signed him to 10 day yeah. contracts before. I mean, they're, they're going to have Alondas Williams now. Um, to be honest, I'd be surprised if it's a name beyond someone like that. I, you know, I think they'll probably go the 10 day route first just because they're trying mm-hmm. to stay. Um, as far away from that apron line as they possibly can. I mean, Rozier gave him some breathing room, so Tom was a concern now. But I I would be surprised if they went and got a veteran right away. I think they'll give some of these young guys a shot. Um, I mean, if they do get a veteran, that could be an indicator that they're expecting one of these guys to be out longer uh, than mm, yes. we expect. But uh, I, I would think, you know, they have a two-way guard now um, who just joined the team. They have people who've had experience with the team in the past, so – I'm not expecting a very recognizable name to come in. I would assume uh, it's one of these younger players that the Heat would maybe uh, want to get a look at. You get you give him this Williams some run here, give him a chance, and then <laughs> and what they did last year was that they they added Kevin Love and uh, Zeller over the All Star break. So even that was sort of a week in between the trade deadline and the All Star break, and then they sort of made did their research and did all the work. And then real the boomer bust break. there, real uh, opposite yeah. ends of the spectrum. I don't know. I, I look at a guy like. Like Furkan Korkmaz isn't a ball handler, but he's like a longish wing who can sometimes hit threes. Like, is that guy on a 10 day something that can help mitigate? The, I mean, I don't the, think Korkmaz is going to take a 10 day, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. yeah maybe not. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ish Smith is another name that's out there. The Heat are one of the few teams he hasn't played for yet, so he can check <laughs> that true. box if he wants. Um, you know, we've mentioned the Killian Hayes option, all these things. I think the Heat have got to look. The Jamari Bouye option, obviously. Like, they got to look at this stuff. Um, but. Yeah, I think we'll see Alondis Williams get some run over these next couple of games. I, I, see what he can let me put it this way. I don't think it matters. Like, whoever they end up signing with that, this is going to be like Cole take to death. They're going to sign like the next future all-star with this. Yeah, no. Somehow, but but point being, like, I don't think that whoever they end up signing here is going to be the difference maker this season. I just think they need somebody because – Yes, they need, they, need one more, they need bodies. They need Yeah, one more injury, and it's like nobody else can dribble. Somebody's got to dribble the the basketball on this team. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, like I said, probably something during the all-star break and, and we'll be able to have news for you there, but let's zoom out. Are the heat, the most cursed team in the NBA. We'll tell you why they have a case after this. Today's episode is brought to you by prize picks. America's number one fantasy sports app with over 3 million members. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. You pick more than or less than the projections on two to six players. And you watch the winnings roll in prize picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds, quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Right now, go to pricepicks.com slash LockdownNBA and use the code LockdownNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That's right, a first deposit match of up to $100 if you go to pricepicks.com slash LockdownNBA and use the code LockdownNBA. That's pricepicks. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Everydayers will be back all week with recaps of Tuesday night's game in Milwaukee, Wednesday night's game in Philadelphia. Also a reminder, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows, covering every league go to locked on sports today on youtube subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 7 streaming channel david i haven't told you this but i actually have 
put my name into uh, David Locke requesting uh, permission to host Locked On Taylor Swift. So I don't know. <laughs> I know you're not Thank interested you. in joining me on that as a co-host for that one. You get enough of me during the week, but no, no, I, I just uh, would. Ron, how about you? Locked On Taylor yeah. Swift. Uh, don't think that's for me. I just want to say, after uh, listening to David do the prize picks read. It just kind of dawned on me that between the two of you, Wes, you seem like someone who would rack up quite a bit of gambling debt, whereas David <laughs> seems like the kind of person who would make you pay for that, um, who is uh, who doesn't accept uh, late payments. That's kind of the vibe that you two have, and that's what makes this such a great show. <laughs> that he's always right? threatening to beat me with a baseball bat? <laughs> Precisely, yeah. He wants you to be able to walk tomorrow. He really does. <laughs> that's great um that's right. friend of the show shane young tweeted this after sunday's oh. injuries that i've never seen a team or organization have worse injury <laughs> luck than miami it's outrageous practically every year since lebron left in 2014 he tweeted this and i kind of was like mm, i don't know that seems a little extreme and then i started thinking about it and he kind of has a point here it's a bit the Chris Bosch thing just in and of itself is absolutely wild. I, who knows like what a sliding doors moment for Miami heat and NBA history. If Chris Bosch never has this freak blood clot thing, what would have happened between him and Goran Dragic and that team going forward? Did, um, did, did you just reference sliding doors? Like the movie? Is that like, is that part of the vernacular? I don't know. I've never heard that. Like the movie, is that what you're referring to? Sliding I think, doors? I think the movie, it was an existing phrase that the movie used, but it, Based right. on Wes's reaction, he's not aware of this movie. Correct. Oh. I didn't even know that there was a movie about. <laughs> yeah, it's with Gwyneth sliding. Paltrow. Um, I think, believe doing a British accent. You should check it out. <laughs> so so there was an expression about sliding doors before. I believe so. I believe so. It's like okay. different possibilities. I always no no no. Yeah, I, yeah, I know about alternate about. realities. Yeah. I, I always I thought it. it was like door number one, door number two, door number yeah. three. I thought it was like a reference to that, even though those doors don't technically slide. So Fair I just enough. I honestly no, no, no. Know it's like did you make from. it before the do- doors slid shut or not? Is what right. Aha. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, now that we got to the bottom of that, <laughs> uh, are the Heat the most cursed franchise between Chris Bosh, uh, uh, Bam Adebayo, and Goran Dragic getting hurt in the 2020 Finals, Kylie Hero freakishly breaking his hand, diving for a loose ball in the playoffs? Like I think that there is a case to be made that the Heat might be cursed since LeBron James left. And it's not a LeBron thing. I just think that that's sort of the timeline. Are we okay, going back listen, to what is Zoe? Zoe yeah. too? Like, I mean, how did far Zoe, back are we did going? Zoe, I mean, we can if you want. I mean, even that was freakish. But I think just over the last 10 years is a very in- interesting argument. Um, Listen, I don't know, Shane. Uh, You know, so I don't I don't wish to smirk Shane in any way. As you mentioned, friend of the show is a friend of mine. But uh, no, I don't believe the Heat are cursed. I think Shane had... Just a little bit too much masala on this tweet. Um, the Chris Bosch thing, yes, it is is tragic and it's terrible what happened there, just on a human level, even more so at the basketball level. Other than that, I'm sorry, but like injuries are part of basketball. I mean, the Clippers made maybe arguably one of the had one of the greatest free agency periods of all time when they signed Kawhi Leonard and Paul George together. Those guys have yet to finish a postseason together. This going on year five now. Uh, the Warriors lost Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson to season-ending injuries during an NBA Finals, uh, then lost Klay Thompson again for another year after that. Uh, Kyrie Irving has – yes, Kyrie Irving has been unable to finish the playoffs with the Celtics, Cavaliers, and Nets. Uh, he's had issues there. 
you could go back over the last 15 years and find a team that's had some kind of terrible injury that significantly altered uh, either the course of NBA history or that year's title race. I mean, Chris Ooh. Middleton a couple years ago with the Bucks. Uh, going, you could go all the way back to Derrick Rose with the Bulls, uh, beginning in 2012. Um, so there, look at the Denver Nuggets. Jamal Murray misses two postseasons. Like, listen, yep. it, it happens to every team. I don't know how you could say the Heat are more cursed than the Clippers, for example. If you want to go through the Clippers' entire history and what's happened to some of their top draft picks, um, missing seasons because of knee injuries, etc. So, listen, the Heat are, it's frustrating, the heat, but the difference yeah. between the Heat and the Clippers is that with the Clippers, you knew what you were getting into with Kawhi to a certain degree. He came to yeah. you with knee problems. Like he had, that was part, that was uh, part of the yes, reason Yes, but he why... also just had one of the great finals runs. Totally fair. Totally fair. But yeah, I, I guess with Jimmy, there was no injury sure. history. With Tyler, just like a freak broken hand in the first game of the playoffs. Hey, I don't, listen, the Tyler it, injury, I mean, are we going to do this? They made, they made the finals without him. I, I don't, like, what do we? But the injury yeah. still uh, happened. Sure, but like Julie, you know, Julius Randle had played on an ankle that needed surgery in the summer. No one talks about that anymore. Um, Malcolm Brogdon did indeed miss time. Giannis Antetokounmpo did indeed miss time. Like, if we're gonna play the injury game, almost every single team in the league has a claim to it. David, what do you think? I, I will say that aside from the Chris Bosch injury, as Ron said, which was a great tragedy, I, I think the the injuries are more symptomatic of. Miami's lack of star level talent that they have to continuously grind their way to victories all the time. And that eventually that has wear and tear that is cumulative over the course of multiple seasons, which is what happened with Goran. That was a combination of age, bam. But you're right. There are also freak occurrences. These things happen. And you can't really just look to it and say, you know what, the Miami Heat are cursed because they've also enjoyed <laughs> incredible success over that four year yes. span, too. So they it's also not like the injuries Josh Richardson really... in Hassan Whiteside for Jimmy Butler. You know, right, they're can't... not cursed, but do they have? Yeah. We all agree that injuries happen. I don't know that that's necessarily breaking news, but considering that they happen, do the Heat have the worst injury luck? Even I don't considering I don't that other injuries that have happened. No, I don't see it that way. I don't, I don't, when you, the Clippers out there, I mean, you knew the Nuggets lost two. MVP seasons of Jokic's prime uh, due to injuries. I mean, they were starting Austin Rivers in the playoffs. I mean, it, I think it that's happens. the one. It is it's the Jamal Murray one? The Clippers. Is... I mean, the Clippers have Kawhi Leonard after the bubble hasn't been able to play through well, a postseason. I mean, statistically though, doesn't Miami have the most games missed due to the injury over the last couple of seasons? Like, I yes. guess that kind of backs up what Shane is yes, saying. Yes, but is but that... it also is unclear at least during the regular season how much of that is them being conservative with injuries. Yeah. Um, you know, week to week, yeah. So, like, like <laughs> month Bam's to month analysis, year, yeah. Bam's hip earlier this year that felt like they were taking some precautions there. Jimmy yes. Butler, I think, is someone who uh, they are extra careful with. You know, they yeah. sat him for a game in Minnesota, for example. So, I'm not saying it's self inflicted, and last but year, too, like. It was sort of uh, – it was a lot of Victor Oladipo and Omer Yurtsevin missed games, which, no yes. offense to those guys, don't really count that much uh, when when you're considering the stars. All right. Look, I just thought it was an interesting tweet, and it got me thinking. I think I'm on your guys' side on all of this. I was just sort of playing devil's advocate. I, pre I appreciate that you put up a very good devil's advocate case, and I appreciate you I don't think anything – we didn't mention but Chris Paul. If, there, if anybody's cursed, it's Chris Paul's hamstring. <laughs> yes. One. It's, it's Chris Paul. I think looking at that one. Joel Embiid. I mean, yeah, Joel Embiid. I, I mean, there's a his career. Like, if you played it out a hundred times, this might have been the best case scenario, considering all the red flags that he came into the league with, which is crazy yeah. to even think about. <laughs> but no, there have been. And but the Jamal Murray one that you hit on earlier, that's the one that going back to sliding doors. Like, what happens? I don't think the Warriors win the championship mm -hmm. in 2022 if Jamal Murray's healthy and never 
breaks his uh like against the Warriors. He did it in in Chase Center. Yeah, Terry, um, Torres, yeah. So Torres listen, Hill. it's Clay it's Thompson, very two freak injuries, yeah. just two pick up in the offseason. Yeah, one. one was in the offseason. I mean, so listen, I get it's been really frustrating this year, all the different starting lineups and the lack of consistency on just any front, but I mean, look at the Memphis Grizzlies. They were down to their third string mm. center starting playoff games for them last year. Um, this this year, just an absolute season from hell. They have three healthy guys some nights. I mean, it's terrible, but unfortunately, like, there are just a, a few teams every year that, that this is their reality. You can make a case that they're almost, like, lucky when you think of it that way. I mean, okay. maybe that's <laughs> going tell. No, no, no. no, 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 seriously. Like, you're talking no, like let's Clay hear him Thompson. Out. Clay Thompson in his prime missed, like, two years, you know? Like, you know, it, Jimmy missing 20 jerk-off games in the middle of January and February when nobody gives a damn doesn't really No, but what about in the much. NBA Finals like, when you lose Bam and Goran Dragic in the first couple of games? Like, that, that's, that's, then, real, I mean, that's, that's they, real. Chris Bosh. But those were prime, like – That's real. Like, okay, Chris Bosh. Again, not, not including yeah. that. I'm talking about yeah. the last four years. Like, the fact that they they haven't lo- – I mean, I, knock on wood, you know, knock on yeah. wood, whatever. It's like, I, to me, it's like the fact that they haven't lost players – for years or multiple years yeah, spans. True. That's true. That's, that's kind yeah. of a sense of fortune at the end. I mean, right Drew, there. Drew Smith is like their most serious injury that they've had. And he's someone who's in and out of the rotation. And even like, you know, yeah. Bam and Goron, yes, that 2020, like terrible. But also, if you think about which player like benefited most from uh, playing in the bubble, it's probably someone like Goran Dragic. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. You didn't have to travel. And so, you know, it's uh, it, it, it cuts both ways. It does. All right. Well, I thought it was an interesting conversation. We had it. So that's, <laughs> that's where we're at now. Uh, we're going to move on. So we, we're going to zoom out even further here. Uh, the All-Star break is coming up. The trade deadline is over. A good chance for us to stake, uh, to take some stock of the Eastern Conference. We're going to draft the teams we are most confident in in the East to make a playoff run coming up after this. Today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Sometimes we all need the opportunity to get something off our chest, but it's big or small. Certain things can really start to get to you, and it's important to let that out, especially as someone who's unbiased in your life. And that's where therapy comes in. Listen, it's such a great opportunity now to be able to find somebody that you're looking for, to be able to connect with them, and to be able to communicate whatever issues you might be going through, or just to talk about something that you might just need to get off your chest. That's why BetterHelp is such a great help to so many people. Again, it's tailored just to you so that you can find a therapist that you're looking for online. You can find somebody that's convenient. It's tailored to your schedule. And you just, again, you just figure out who you want to work with. And if you need to switch for whatever reason, it can you can do it so easily. Just go to betterhelp.com slash NBA and you get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash NBA today. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Every day is tune in Tuesday night for our post-game reactions to the game in Milwaukee. Tune in Wednesday night for our post-game reactions to Miami's game in Philadelphia. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. If you're watching us on YouTube right now, hit that like button, comment, let us know what you think about the Miami Heat's injury concerns and if the Terry Rozier diagnosis is a good one. Or a bad one for Miami. Also, <laughs> leave a five-star rating and review wherever it is that you listen to your podcast. All right. The NBA trade deadline's over. All-star break's coming up. I thought we could sit here, take a chance, and take stock of the Eastern Conference. A lot of changes in the East over this trade deadline. 
Um, all the latest injury news uh, included in that. I want to go through three of us here. We could do a draft of which teams we trust the most in the East. So it's not necessarily like, okay, who the best team is now because we could just look at the standings and do it that way, and that's no fun. What teams do we trust the most based on what we've seen through the first 50 or so games here in the NBA this season? Uh, Ron, you're our guest. We'll start with you. The team you trust the most to make a prolonged playoff run in the Eastern Conference. Well, real quick, let's hit some ground rules here. Like, are we each doing okay. two picks? How deep of the draft? I feel like two picks is good because then we're, then we have to cut off a certain number of teams. Let's go. Let's let's start with two, and if we have time, maybe we can go three. If there's some lingering teams left over, but we'll start with two. We're, we're going to go we're not, nine gonna... deep on contenders. You know, you know what I'm saying? All right, two each. I like it. <laughs> all I guess right, you're, all right. I guess you're the boss just, here. So we're going from. Are we going from six to one? Then is that how we're ranking? No, just whatever teams no, you no, no. want. You, you, you trust the most. We're doing you a draft. draft the team you you trust the most based on who's left on. David the board doesn't believe in the draft. Is the problem? <laughs> doesn't believe in the draft. Usually, you they just all, take the best player. The old way of adding talent. Yeah, who's the Victor yeah, Wembanyama of Eastern yeah. Conference contenders? Um, all right, so I'll go first, um, yeah. and I'm mostly going to take my Boston Celtics here. Oh, um, did you say only, my Boston Celtics? Only team in the NBA top three in offensive and defensive rating. Um, I just think they still have a starting five that on paper, every game I've watched of theirs, I, I don't know what the best defense for it is. I mean, I think the Clippers have certainly had success against them, but at least in the East, that starting five poses a lot of problems. And I think they are the team best at generating a great shot every time down the floor in the East. Um, they've become so good at hunting mismatches, whether it's Porzingis in the pick and pop, whether it's one of their big wings on a switch. Uh, they've been fantastic. I think Tatum has been a top five, top eight player in the league. He's in that range. He's going to get some MVP votes this year. Um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be shocking if the Celtics are out anywhere before the Eastern Conference Finals. And I think right now they're, they're the pretty definitive favorite to make it out of the East. No argument here. I think that's – I don't I, – be kind of crazy to say anybody other than Boston mm-hmm. based on what we've just seen. And then they got, you know, you could argue they even got better at the trade deadline based on some mm-hmm. of the additions they made. But David, you have the second pick. Well, I mean, I, I think it's pretty obvious to me. And it's Miami, the team who has actually beaten everybody in the Eastern Conference over the last four years. Wow. I, wow. Yeah, look, I, I don't I don't care. I, I look I the regular season <laughs> be damned. Sarah's here, no Tara's here. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter. I, I, I am not. I, I've just. I've learned my lesson since covering this team, and I just. I cannot discount what they do. I don't know if it's just ridiculous voodoo magic on Jimmy Butler's part, or everybody else, or Eric Spolster be the best coach in the NBA, or a combination of all these different factors, or maybe it's just capitalizing on injuries and other teams making mistakes. But I look at the Boston Celtics. I am not convinced. As good as they are. I don't believe that they won't falter at some point in the playoffs, that they cannot be beaten and broken as a result. And we're hinging their success on um, glass-ankled Kristaps Porzingis. Like, I don't okay. want to wish injury on anybody, but I don't know that I can trust That's the big them. concern with them, no doubt. Okay, I have, I, have a lot, I have a lot to say about this. All right. So, first and foremost, let me just say, obviously I have a ton of respect for David here, someone who I love oh, talking God. about basketball with. <laughs> Thoroughly oh, enjoy Connor's back. So I, this is more. This is more. I want to be clear that I'm I'm talking to a lot of people here, not just David, because I hear this refrain often. It's like I just believe in the Heat to figure it out. Am I supposed to bet on the Celtics? Am I supposed to believe in the Celtics? Am I supposed to believe in X team and X team's health and Y player's health? Here's what it is to me. I'm yet to hear 
just a coherent basketball argument for why the Heat are, are going to somehow make it out of the Eastern Conference. No one's told me anything about what's going to happen on the court. It's all, hey, no one's scared of this guy, or we're not scared of this team. And it, Nobody wants to see the Heat in the playoffs. Yeah, it's it's never, what you know, what are they going to do offensively? How are they going to find a way to score, even though they've been bottom third in the league offensively? Uh, it, it's never anything about that. It's always about you, you analytics know, nerds are you, rooting. The but game. okay, but you know exactly. And then people talk about something like Porzingis's ankle, right? Can Porzingis be healthy? It's like Jimmy Butler's knee in the 2022 <laughs> run, not very yeah. good. You know, not very good. No. He had to miss the second half of a basketball game. Jimmy Butler, people like his ankle last year. It's like players yep. get hurt, stars get hurt. That is a part of the playoffs. Um, so like to say one team could have injury luck, and I'm not going to count on this guy. I mean, it happens to everyone. It really happens I, to everyone. Also, and then beyond that, I, I also just want to add, people will be like, you know, no one thought the Heat had a chance in XYZ season. If you go season by season, 2020 when they make the finals, top 10 in net rating, top 10 in offense. Okay, that team was a totally legitimate finals contender, and they had the benefit of playing in the bubble. I'm not saying they made the finals because of the bubble, but undeniably a very unique circumstance, Okay doesn't mean it benefited them more than anyone. Sure. You can't really compare that to other seasons. 2022, number one seed in the East, top 10 in net rating, top 10 in defense. That is a team that, again, a legitimate contender to make the finals. They weren't a radically different team. I think they weren't favored in that Boston series, and it ended up going seven games, which was great. And then last year, they go seven games with Boston again. This idea that it's like they got Boston's number. It's like they played two series that have gone down to the wire. Um and Boston and made and major one and upgrades. One. Yeah, and there. So I, this idea that it's like they're not scared of anyone, but it's like, dude, it's like I've, I've yet to hear a basketball argument other than like Jimmy Butler is going to be so good and people are going to be terrified and make mistakes. It's like all these teams have upgraded. Every team that they beat last year has made major changes to their roster, Whatever. significant upgrades. Um, and that's why I said I respect. I respect what David's where David's coming from, but I see I, a lot of people being like, I see this time and time again. Yep. What they did last year was incredible, but it's it a historical to do outlier for a season. Yes, yeah. it has nothing to do with and this season. And that's the thing. Is, I, and that's why I hesitate. And that's Look, I'm not telling you that I'm pushing back against Miami. And by the way, the way that this draft works is that Rohan took Boston and David does not get to take Boston because they're off the board. And David <laughs> exactly. took Miami. Yes. And I'm fine with him taking Miami number yeah. two. We don't have to have the argument whether or not they should have gone number one because he didn't have the number one pick. But we're having this argument anyway. So yeah. I just I, – I hesitate to fall back on – well, they did it last year, like you said. Nobody had ever done it before last year, and and I don't, I don't, I don't think you could just expect yeah. them to do it two years in a row. And right now, they're in the playing tournament. If they go back to the playoffs right now, if it started today, they would have to do it the same way they did last year, which was an outlier for a reason. It's just really hard to do it that way. They're, they're not even uh, guaranteed to get the playoffs right now. No, they're not. And I and I don't think the Heat would even tell you because we did it last year we could do it this year. I I I just think that of that's course. not a, it's it's very it, it's it's not good to bet your future hopes on just stuff that happened in the past. It's it's not a workable strategy. It has nothing to do with this season. So, look when I look at the standings, it's my pick now. After Bo- I would have picked Boston number one. I don't think it's mm-hmm. that much of a debate unless you're talking to David. And then. Uh, but beyond that, I'm okay taking Miami number two with the Joel Embiid thing I, with Philadelphia. Here's the thing. Here's why I'm not because again, it's just I I, I probably wouldn't make have done your, it. Make but... your make your pick, and then I can make All my right. argument for why I have this the team that either you pick or I pick will be ahead of the Heat. But so I 
So right now, just do a standings update real quick. Cleveland's number two, Milwaukee's number three, the Knicks are four, Philadelphia's five, Indiana's is, is six, and the Heat are a game and a half behind Indiana. They're in the eighth spot, Orlando's at seven. So those are that's your standings, top eight. Boston's off the board, Miami's off the board. I'm going Milwaukee, and I feel pretty good about it. At the, they still have Giannis, who's playing at an MVP level. Nobody's really talking mm-hmm. about him playing at MVP level because it's kind of been weird. Uh, mm-hmm. They have Damian Lillard, and I think that they are figuring that part of all of this out. Mm-hmm. And if there's any answer to the Boston Celtics in the East, to me, among these top teams that we're talking about right now, I'd still be pretty scared if I was Boston about having to face Damian Lillard and Giannis in that two-man game when they when they figure it out and they make it want and they want to make it click in the playoffs. And I still think that that they will lean more into the pick and roll in the postseason than they have in the regular season. That is a tough thing to stop over a seven-game series. So I, I I kind of trust them in a weird way, even though it's I guess it's just a talent play. Right. And, and mm-hmm. the fact that they have a lot of guys that have been there. So I like Milwaukee here with my yeah. pick. It, like Milwaukee gets no credit for pushing Boston to seven games without Chris Middleton. Like that's a top heavy, thin team. Yeah. And in 22, they took Boston to the limit. One, one massive games in that series. And obviously like they, they've now, you know, weirdly thrown gas on the fire by setting off the series of events. That's allowed Drew holiday to go to the Celtics. But I mean, Milwaukee was fantastic in that series. And, and so like, you know, these things hinge on such, uh, you know, few shots and things like that. Um, that it's just like remarkable to me that, you know, yeah. I tweeted like I thought the Heat um, maybe needed to take a step back at the deadline and regroup for this summer because of how far they've fallen back on these teams. And people were like, are we, am I supposed to be scared of an inconsistent Milwaukee team? It's like an inconsistent Milwaukee team is still five or six games better than the Heat. Like an inconsistent Milwaukee team that has two top 15 players um, who haven't fully figured it out yet. Um, right. are still that much better. Like that, that to me says more about Milwaukee than it, it is a, a knock against them. So they've won a lot of uh, games this year, despite the, the fact that they have been screwing things up and fired their coach. Exactly. Like at, Cleveland, there's so much talent on that roster. Cleveland, I think is what 17 and one in their last 18 games now. And like yeah. half of those were that were without Darius Garland and Evan Mobley. Mm-hmm. Have the heat have a stretch like that even once since Jimmy Butler got to the team, like that dominant no. over that Not long period season. of time. So no. And people just look over, they just look past it because it doesn't matter. And they're like, you know, what again, what happened last year? They just look back, what happened last year? Was Cleveland your pick? I actually think I'm going to go Knicks here. Okay. And I think Jalen Brunson, I think Jalen Brunson has been just fantastic. I think he's one of the toughest players in the NBA. I I know he's missed some time lately, but you saw what he did to the Heat in that playoff Mm -hmm. series. Like, uh, no matter who they threw at him defensively, Jimmy Butler, Kayla Martin, Gabe Vincent, he was fantastic. I think he's yeah, he went toe to toe with Jimmy Butler in that series. I, I've that seen him go toe to toe in that Suns series when he was with the Dallas yeah. Mavericks and going at Devin Booker. I mean, I, I think he has years now of big time playoff experience, of, of playing well in big moments. You know, picking up OG and Anobi, what they can do flexibility lineup wise, like let's say you know that Jalen Brunson, Josh Hart, and OG and Anobi are closing games. You can go Randall and Boyan Bogdanovich. You can go Randall as your lone big. You can go Mitchell Robinson as your lone big. You can go Isaiah Harnstein as your lone big. They have so much lineup and roster flexibility right now. Um, Bogdanovich is such a fantastic pickup. This is like, I hate when people do this, except when it's me, but tweet out one of those like random stats that make no sense. It's just like finding, it's like on Tuesdays in the month of October, no one is averaging more points than, uh, so like I tweeted one of those and it's like, there are only two players like shooting 46 from the field and 41% from three that are like 
taking at least seven threes a game, and it's Brunson and Bogdanovich. Um, but the point being, Bogdanovich is a fantastic shooter. I've been saying yeah. for a while now, I thought the Heat should have been trying to go after someone like him. Um, like he immediately to me becomes the best sixth man in the league if he's coming off their bench. Um, he's not a and great once again, Ananobi back. And if he's that yeah. guy in the playoffs, that yeah. gives him somebody they, to guard Jason Tatum, Jalen exactly. Brown, you know, they, Butler, they are, all these guys. They're in such a good shape to play big against Milwaukee mm-hmm. and smaller against Boston that uh, I, I really like the Knicks' chances of at least making the conference finals this year. So whose pick is it now? I think it's David's against. Yes. Mine, yeah. yeah. I mean, right, how so many options are off left? The board. But I, yeah, I guess Cleveland. Uh, obviously, I mean, okay. it's a deep team, a good team, and uh, I think somewhat being discounted during the regular season. So yeah, I, I think the Cavs. I don't know how much faith I legitimately have in them, but I I can't discount what they've done, yeah. and I think that they are a very good team. They've Donovan Mitchell's so playing at an MVP level, and, yes, and everybody's so distracted fantastic. by the fact that they don't think he's going to be there for from two <laughs> yeah. years from now. But it's so true. It's so true. <laughs> He's They've playing been at an unbelievable. MVP level. The, and it's funny because I just did the thing I'm about to criticize. The way people talk about the Knicks while the Cavs have been on this run is kind yeah. of disrespectful to Cleveland, who are, like you said, second in the East. Dean Wade just entered their starting lineup and said, like, F it, we ball. Um, yeah. And they were going nuts. Max Struess has been fantastic for them. I miss Max Struess. Max Struess, come home. Um, please, <laughs> we miss you. Um you know, I literally just I just awesome. wrote about them. You you mentioned the Knicks there and how everybody's sort of talking about it. I just wrote about them for real GM, the Cavaliers, and I said, Who's the mm-hmm. hottest team in basketball? And if you only pay attention to the headlines for the fir- or the first 15 minutes of any NBA podcast, yes. people would probably answer the Knicks or the Clippers, one of those two teams. But it's the Cavs. They've lost once since January 1st. And, and you I could argue that-, that they're with with Donovan Mitchell, Darius Garland. Evan Mobley, who's starting to play better. Jarrett Allen, who's played awesome all season Allen, long. Maybe Allen the, got, the best starting five in the East outside of Boston. Yeah. Like, What other team in the East can just put a starting five of that much talent together that's better than Allen, Boston? Allen got memed to death after the playoffs last year. Yep. You know, when he said the lights are too bright. All he's done is come back and play at an all-star level. If that happened to any other team... You know, I, I'm I'm the problem because I should be writing the SI story about Jared Allen and his comeback. But the way we talk about guys like Bam out of bio and the way we lionize what they do when they lose in the playoffs and come back, Jared Allen has come back and been that guy. He was fantastic for them mm-hmm. when Mobley went down. They're fourth in net rating right now. To your point, yeah. Wes, same record as the Clippers, better net rating. They are second best defense in the NBA. Uh, Cleveland is. Fantastic. So I think that's a great value pick for you, David. I think after, I think after a wild reach with your first pick, you're like a team that was like we're going QB. You're like a team that was like we're going quarterback no matter what. You you're now getting great value there in the second. Yeah, you just picked up the best right tackle in the draft there. Yeah, exactly. At number four, Um, it's the Dolphins all over again. Yeah, I'm uh I'm surprised this team's on the board, but I guess not. I don't know. I'm going Philadelphia. I think it's mm-hmm. good value here. If Joel Embiid is 80%, I know he's dealing with the injury, but if he's 80% of in the playoffs, what he's been in this regular season, that team's still a contender. Yeah. That team is still a contender. That He's been that good. Uh, Tyrese Maxey is that dude. That two-man game is for real. I like some of the additions that they made. Hey, Kyle Lowry, welcome back to Philadelphia. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Happy for Kyle Lowry to be able to go back home. He seems excited about it. Um, and I think they have some weapons around. And I don't know. I just... And Bede's been so good. I you're you're giving me he's still on the board, and I'm looking yeah. at my options here. I'm taking Philly. I feel pretty good about it. I mean, you think about people like Kyle Lowry. I get people got so wrapped up. I think of the contract here and how little he was scoring, etc. Essentially, they're replacing Patrick Beverly with Kyle Lowry to run their second unit. That's a fantastic pickup for them. Watching them in that first Nuggets game, 
when they played in Philly, and both teams were mm-hmm. both teams wanted that game. That was a high level game. Both teams were, were wanted to. I know it sounds silly me saying wanted to win it, but playing playoff style rotations, playoff style strategies, etc., um, put a level of importance on that game. Watching Philly clear out and run those empty pick and rolls with Maxi and Embiid, and Denver just not really having an answer for it, uh, was I think illustrative illustrative of just how dangerous Philly can be in a playoff setting if they get to their pet action in the half court. Um, a lot of teams don't have anything that comes close to that. And Maxi, what right. he's able to do from the three-point line to the rim is just remarkable. And so I agree. They, they go as far as Embiid goes, but if Embiid's healthy, they're a threat. All right, so to recap our draft, we have Boston going number one to Rohan, Miami going number two to David. I took uh, the Milwaukee Bucks at number three. It went back to Rohan. You took uh, the Knicks. David grabbed the Cleveland Cavaliers at good value, and then I'm sitting here (laughs) with Philadelphia. I got all the East. I got, other than Boston, I got the biggest rivals. I got Milwaukee and Philadelphia. The biggest. David got like Russell Wilson in the third round with the Cavs pick right there. That's what he did. Um, just, just really undervalued for bad reasons, and he said, "No, I'm going to scoop him up." Scoop him up. As, yeah, as, as both his picks were bold for completely different reasons. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Ron, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Always a joy to talk with you. Heat basketball, NBA basketball. I like I like zooming out with you and talking all NBA because people need to know that you you know you're you're you know, there's you're a whole beautiful. In. There's a whole beautiful league out there of so many talented and gifted basketball players that I listen, we you know, we all love the Miami Heat, I get it, but I just wish people would there's a lot of good teams out there, you know, a lot of good teams out there that are playing exciting basketball. Oh yeah. You can't talk about them though, because the second <laughs> that you true. talk about no, seriously, the second you talk about them, it's like you hate the heat. You can't you can't give it's glory. True. I had I had a relative tell me that it's like, oh, you guys talk too much <laughs> about other teams. It's like what it's <laughs> really I mean, yeah, we yeah, have yeah. to re- we have to mention that the heat played yeah. another team on the basketball yeah, court. It's like yeah, yeah. no, it was actually yeah. just an it was an inner squad yeah. scrimmage. That's all we're just gonna talk yeah. about. That's all we're gonna talk about. And we also we also both do NBA shows, so we yeah. are always talking about other teams. All right. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on your favorite podcast app. Make sure you follow Rohan on Twitter. Follow his work over at Sports Illustrated. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us, man. We really appreciate it. Anytime, guys.